Hello, and welcome to the Personal Injury Law Podcast. My name is Jonathan Rosenfeld, an attorney at Rosenfeld Injury Lawyers, LLC. This podcast is here to break down the barriers when it comes to the world of personal injury law. Each podcast will go into detail about a specific legal issue or type of personal injury case, from everyday occurrences to the esoteric. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. For more information, visit my website at rosenfeldinjurylawyers.com. Hello, everybody. I am Jonathan Rosenfeld, and today on the Personal Injury Podcast, I am joined by my colleague, Nathan Huey. Uh, Nathan and I have worked together for I don't know, many years on different types of senior living and nursing home type cases, and I am going to talk with Nathan today about assisted living facilities. Uh, Nate, thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. So, you know, I guess one of the things that we're seeing, you know, as a general trend in the senior living space and the nursing home space is the emergence of assisted living facilities. Uh, you know, they've really started to grow in popularity over the past, you know, five, 10 years uh, where people once upon a time, they may have placed a, a loved one in a nursing home uh, or a different type of facility, but now there seem to be a, a push towards placing seniors in assisted living facilities. And with that, obviously there's, there's some good, there's some bad, but today I want to talk with you about, you know, the differences between an assisted living facility and a nursing home initially. And then we're going to talk about some of the issues that a family may encounter. So I, I guess to begin with, you know, what actually, what is an assisted living facility? Uh, you know, can you just sort of explain what it is from a, a legal perspective? Sure. Uh, you know, first, I think that one of the things I need to say is I practice in South Carolina and uh, assisted livings, you know, facilities, although they're probably largely the same uh, from my understanding across the country, they are regulated, you know, more on a state basis as opposed to nursing homes, which have sort of federal regulations, which transcend different states largely with a uh, state overlay. And so, you know, at least here, um, assisted living facilities are an opportunity when someone needs care um, that can't manage what we would say, you know, um, activities of daily living totally on their own. And it can be anything from somebody who just needs meals prepared for them, you know, on up to uh, different levels of care. Uh, basically here, if someone gets to the point where they need true nursing care, uh, then it's time for them to go on to uh, a nursing home. So assisted living, I think, offers more of a home-like environment, but with again, in theory, uh, assistance from uh, caregivers and, and offers activities and those kind of things so that people can, you know, rather than sitting home alone, sort of be in more of a structured environment, but also have social aspects. So, uh, you know, I, I guess that sort of goes into the, the next issue, you know, you sort of touched on it, but uh, a nursing home is really is considered a, a medical facility uh, in the eyes of the law. And an assisted living facility is more of a, you know, I, I guess a care facility, a senior living facility. Uh, and generally, you know, you would agree with me that a, a nursing home provides a higher level of, of care and, and provides more medical services than a uh, assisted living facility. 
Sure. I mean, I think that that's 100% accurate, that a assisted living facility can provide care up to a certain extent, but when it comes time for skilled nursing or if someone has wound issues or those kind of things, uh, really at that point in time, at least in theory, they shouldn't be in an assisted living facility. And, and essentially, if an assisted living facility can't take care of them any longer, they need to get them out of there to a nursing home. So if a family has a, you know, a senior, a loved one who's, you know, at home, whose health may be declining, they may need some assistance. Um, how do you, you know, a lot of times, you know, you're, a, you know, you practice in the field of, of nursing home litigation, but I'm sure sometimes you come into a situation where family is, says, Hey, Nate, you know, I'm not really sure, you know, what, what, what's the best facility for my family member? And obviously you're not a doctor, you know, it's, you know, there's a lot of, you know, uh, parameters, you know, and, and, and things that you could say, but when someone's thinking about a facility that's correct for their loved one, how would you sort of, uh, differentiate the two and what do you, you know, what do you tell a family like that? Well, and you're talking in terms of assisted living versus nursing home, or are you talking about specific facilities? No, assisted living versus nursing home. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that, again, one of the things with assisted livings that I find is an issue from time to time is that they are almost all for profit and they have pretty slick marketing uh, tools and, you know, they have sales directors and, and things that you wouldn't think would really have a place in the uh, care setting, but they do have all of those. And so, uh, you know, assisted livings can be a good place, but you really have to look past sort of the gloss and all of that and, and get behind the scenes and see what their quality of care is and those kind of things. Uh, in terms of nursing home versus assisted living, I think a lot of it depends on not only the sort of physical needs of the resident, but whether or not they are suffering from dementia or any type of you know, Alzheimer's related issues. Uh, some assisted livings do have specialized sort of lockdown areas where people who have those issues can be taken care of in a safe environment and others don't. So obviously if someone has dementia, one of the things we see sometimes when they are in an area that's not good for them is they're able to get out or, uh, you know, and endanger themselves because they're, you know, they're past that level of care. So Really, again, I think what we touched on at the beginning, assisted livings are appropriate for people who do need some help um, with everything from, you know, making sure they get up and get to uh, having their meals provided to them to having their room clean. And it can go on past that, having their meds passed out to them and, uh, and those kind of things. But once it gets to the point where someone has uh, need for rehab uh, in terms of, you know, if they've got pressure ulcers or those kind of things, um, also known as bed sores, and they're going to need turning and repositioning or skilled nursing care, then they're certainly not appropriate for assisted living. And I think that what happens is a lot of people start out where they're okay for assisted living, and then they get in there, and it's not exactly what you asked, but, you know, the assisted living facilities, again, once the people are in there, they're making money off of them, and it becomes very difficult for them uh, to do the right thing at times and say, hey, we can't take care of them anymore. They need to move on to uh, a nursing home. And I think the family sometimes uh, has to be diligent about that and, and look and say, can this facility really still take care of my loved one if they're having falls or, or having repeated things happen? Uh, then it's probably time if the facility isn't doing it uh, to look at on, on your own initiative, trying to get them onto a higher level of care. Well, 
I, I think you sort of hit a couple issues sort of square on. You know, I think one of the important issues in any type of senior living arrangement is to really go out and visit, you know, your family member, your loved one, and, you know, really be an advocate for them uh, and really watch, you know, how they're being treated, watch them over the course of their, their stay at a facility, because, you know, frankly, as a family member, you're in the best position to really evaluate, you know, their, their overall health and their overall, you know, wellness. Uh, and when you do see an issue, uh, you know, you could nip it in the bud as opposed to letting that linger and really uh, allowing problems to develop. I agree with you wholeheartedly. And I think that that was one of the, you know, now that we're sort of coming out of uh, the COVID lockdowns and things like that, I think that's something that is imperative as places are opening back up and allowing uh, people to visit. That's something that you really have to do. You know, I can't tell you how many different calls uh, that we got uh, during the time frame when family members weren't allowed to go in and, and they were, you know, something bad would happen and nobody really knew how it happened or people went downhill uh, greatly. And uh, again, you know, you got to be there. Uh, squeaky wheel gets the oil. So, yeah. Um, in terms of, you know, lack of care at a, at an assisted living facility or even negligent care at assisted living facility, um, what are some of the, the main areas, uh, you know, in terms of litigation or, um, just in terms of pe people contacting your office, uh, after they've, you know, had a, a situation involving a loved one at a assisted living facility that may have declined or really suffered an injury, what are the main types of, you know, issues that people are contacting your office about? And this isn't the most uh, common one, but we did touch on earlier. I mean, I've had multiple cases over the years where someone uh, gets out of a facility and, and something bad happens to them, uh, you know, or, or found outside with a broken hip or things like that. That's obviously should never happen if they're displaying any signs of dementia and those kind of things. But Really, a lot of the cases involve around multiple falls. And, you know, the assisted livings kind of want to have it both ways where they say, well, we're not really um, providing any kind of skilled care and, and we have to let the people be independent. But that's not entirely true. You know, they are required to do care plans or they may be called personal service plans, but they have to figure out what level of care uh, the people need. And if people are having repeated falls and repeated injuries and those kind of things, then that is certainly uh, indicative, in my opinion, of negligence. And that's one of the main things that I see with the assisted living cases. I actually just had one uh, that I mediated two days ago that dealt with that, uh, issues with multiple falls and, and other things. And, you know, again, the other issues a lot of times will be things such as um, sometimes medication errors. They do have med techs that will pass out medicine. And, you know, uh, just like people who take uh, the wrong medicine from the pharmacy that aren't in a facility, uh, you can have adverse reactions to that. Um, moving forward, there are issues with bed sores or skin breakdown or pressure ulcers, however you want to say it. And that's something that when that starts to happen uh, or happens in a assisted living setting, they really on their own need to take the initiative to get the resident on to a uh, nursing home after consulting with the family. And so sometimes I see cases where someone has developed significant skin breakdown and rather than getting them out, they want to keep collecting that five, six, $7,000 a month or whatever they are from the family and keep them in there. And of course that can lead to 
uh, infections and sepsis and whatever else and death. And so uh, those are some of the main issues that I see. Uh, no, I, I mean, I, I think that anytime that, you know, someone's in, involved in a, uh, a care facility, you know, obviously they have to just watch, you know, use common sense, watch out for overall decline, watch out for changing condition, you know, watch out for, you know, weight loss. Uh, weight loss is a, is a, you know, pretty drastic indicator in, in uh, many instances where people have, you know, really deteriorated after they're malnourished or dehydrated and, and problems arise. Absolutely. And you touched on that area. And that was something I should have mentioned because, again, with the people that need assistance with eating and needing those things, uh, if they're not getting the nutrition, then everything else goes downhill from there. And, and that's something that when you see that uh, the weight loss itself uh, is a pretty easy to tell, you know, an indicator that something is, is gone awry. So uh, if a family has, you know, a, a loved one at an assisted living facility, they start seeing uh, some decline, Maybe they, they see an, an issue involving a fall with a, uh, you know, a fracture or, the, or a subdural hematoma from a fall. Uh, what can or should, what would you suggest the family do in terms of, uh, you know, taking action at that point? Absolutely. I mean, any kind of, I always say any, any type of falls with fractures or things like that are, are significant enough to warrant uh, contacting an attorney and talking to them uh, about about the case. It's something that shouldn't happen. Uh, you mentioned subdural hematomas, head injuries is what we're talking about. And a lot of times when those things happen, you know, it can, I mean, you can obviously lead to death, but it can also um, cause sort of a step down for people who have Alzheimer's or those kind of things. They don't recover uh, once they have those kind of injuries. They never go back to baseline often. And so Anytime I see hospitalizations as a result of a fall uh, or um, as a result of infections, whether that's it's a, you know, an untreated UTI or something leading to sepsis, I think that all of those warrant contacting an attorney because more often than not, once you dig into things, uh, there's a lot more at issue than what, what the family first complains about. And sometimes the family thinks that one thing was the main issue and you get in and you realize they totally dropped the ball on something else. And so... Again, I know that your office is like mine. Uh, if people come in and call, want us to look into something, it doesn't cost anything. And I mean, again, the only way that these facilities end up changing a lot of times is when people do uh, take them to task or hold them accountable for failing to provide proper care. That's really the only motivation they have to change is hitting them uh, in their pocket. Well, I, you've, I've certainly seen, uh, you know, your work in action. And I certainly appreciate it and respect what you've done. And uh, hopefully if anyone has any questions about this, they can contact your office. Uh, I really appreciate you uh, talking with me today about this. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Personal Injury Law Podcast. I'm Jonathan Rosenfeld. If you or anyone you know would like more information on any of the topics on the podcast, please visit my website, at rosenfeldinjurylawyers.com. If you like the show, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. Please feel free to rate the show and leave a review. Thanks again for listening and have a great day.